So this morning, we're going to be in, um, back in Genesis chapter 15. Uh, we're going to uh, preach through the entirety of uh, this chapter this morning. And uh, in, in my study and prayer, I, I thought this would be a really appropriate title for my sermon, especially in the, in the, in the season of, of, of politics uh, that we have going on. Uh, I want to pronounce to you that I am a progressive. Now, um, I, 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 I am irritated sometimes whenever we let pop culture and po- politics uh, take over our vocabulary. Uh, I'm not talking about my politics, okay? Uh, but I am talking about uh, my relationship with God. I am a progressive. So, uh, so don't, don't think, what well, I need to talk to the pastor about when we get, because I, I, I'm going to tell you, I don't feel the burn, okay? Um, that, that's not what I'm talking about here, uh, but I am a progressive. Uh, and the reason I bring that up is we, we're going to see again this morning, as we go through all of chapter 15 of Genesis, we're going to see another high point in the life of, of, uh, of Abram. Uh, and then we're going to go down and we're going to see a low point next week. And, and we see this pattern as we go through the patriarchs of, uh, of, of, of how we grow in our faith, and particularly Abram here. And there's a high watermark here. Uh, there is kind of a questioning of faith here for Abram. Uh, but but then, then we see, uh, you know, things kind of take a turn in chapter 16, Pastor uh, John is going to be preaching uh, next Sunday. Uh, and so... We'll, we'll see that there in that text, but uh, I just want you to think about your relationship with God, but think about what healthy relationships are like. Um, and I, I just want to kind of take a, a few moments to talk about uh, progressive, healthy relationships. That not everybody, when I say all relationships are progressive, they're not always healthy, though. I want to make that point as well. One of the things that I'm extremely proud of is my relationship with Rachel. Uh, and our relationship was progressive, and, and, and it was healthy. Um, and and I, I make the point because I talk to a lot of younger people, but you know what? I talk to a lot of you boomers as well, uh, and I hear about how your relationship started. And it's not always the model that God has, and that's okay. God can redeem that. But Rachel and I met on a blind date uh, 20 years ago, almost 20 years ago. I can't believe that, Rachel. Uh, and uh, we began this re- committed relationship um, that, that progressed slowly. Uh, we didn't live together. We didn't have a physical relationship with one another until we were married. And, 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 and it went very slowly, but it, it, it was moving towards something. And we recognized what it was. And God was leading us to that point. And, and it even got to the point to where, um, you know, we couldn't even, you know, we, we'd made a commitment not even to be in a, in, in a room alone together because she could not keep her hands off of me. Um, and, and, you know, <laughs> I'd embarrassed you one way, not the way you thought I might today. No, no, no. But it, then we were married, okay? And, and then it got to where it was to the point, though, that, that, that we were so interconnected in our relationship that we relied upon one another. And, and there's nothing that we could imagine we would want to do in this life apart from one another. And then we were married about 10 years, and some of that changed up a little bit. But uh, no, no, no. But, 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 but then we, we, we began to have children, and it, and it was this, this progressive idea uh, of, of moving in a healthy way 
to the point of, 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 of being interconnected, uh, to, of being interdependent, and then eventually to, to reproducing. And we have children, and we're still you know, producing great things together in ministry and in our family. I mean, it's, it's awesome. I'm so grateful for my family. The same, the same thing is true in any relationship, though. And just I'm going to talk about a relationship in the church just for a moment. Whenever you come into a new church, uh, the way in, in our tradition, you know, we, we practice believer's baptism. How do you come into a faith family? People that profess to be followers of Jesus Christ. Anybody is welcome to come and be a part of what we do here, anytime, any way, to any service, no matter your affiliation or your faith. But if you say, you know what, I want to formally be a part of this faith family. We want people that believe in the Word of God, that profess the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior and are committed to His mission. And, and you know, we, we enter into that relationship through baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's signified in water baptism. We practice that here. Uh, but sometimes when you come in, you, maybe you come in right away and you join or you're here for a while. You don't know everybody very well, but hopefully over time... You begin to identify with the mission, identify with the vision of the church, and you recognize that your giftedness by the Holy Spirit through your faith in Christ when we receive His Spirit lines up with that mission. You begin to align your life with what God is doing in that local church, and you become interdependent on that faith family as you grow progressively in that relationship with God through your local church and to the point to where you eventually begin to reproduce yourself in the faith family. I mean, and it's a natural progression uh, that, that should happen. But see, there's a problem sometimes in relationships. When we stop producing, reproducing, and progressing in a healthy way, sometimes we stop. And, and something, may, may, sometimes it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, a catastrophe, you know, something that's horrible that happens. You realize the number of people that married couples that have children and a child dies. You, the chances of you getting a divorce really go up, Okay. Uh, most people that are coming to church regularly and they stop coming to church statistically isn't because they're mad at the preacher or mad at other people. It's because there's been some type of significant life change that's happened and they've gotten out of habit. Uh, maybe with you and in, in, in doing devotions and studying God's word, you know, you're, you're rolling and all of a sudden something comes in the middle and, and has its way and you get off track. And sometimes we, we don't recover and we stop progressing in that relationship I just want you to know, though, especially as we look at this story, especially this high watermark in the life of Abram, God has a plan for you to grow in your relationship with him. And, and, and it's, it's so very important that we do grow as a church in our relationship with each other, but with Christ. Because there's, there's reproduction that needs to continue to occur here. Not because we want this place to be big and famous. It's because we want God to be big and famous in the hearts of people in our community that need Christ. And, and so th- think about that this morning when we look at this story. Um, I'm going to read Genesis chapter 15, verses 1 all the way through 21. It's not a complicated text, but it, it is interesting as we kind of see this formalization of this covenant that God has with Abram. But follow along with me in your own uh, text of Scripture. It says, After these events, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. Your reward will be very great. But Abram said, Lord God, what can you give me since I am childless and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus? Abram continued, look, you have given me no offspring, so a slave born in my house will be my heir. Now the word of the Lord came to him. 
This one will not be your heir. Instead, one who comes from your own body will be your heir. He took him outside and said, look at the sky and count the stars. If you are able uh, to count them, then he said to him, your offspring will be that numerous. Abram believed the Lord and he credited to him as righteousness. He also said to him, I am the Lord who brought you from Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to possess. But he said, Lord God, how can I know that I will possess it? He said to him, bring me a three-year-old cow, a three-year-old female goat, and a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. So he brought all of these to him, cut them in half, and laid the pieces opposite each other. But he did not cut the bird. But he did not cut the birds in half. Birds of prey came down of the on the carcasses. But Abram drove them away. So the sun was setting. A deep sleep came upon Abram, and suddenly great terror and darkness descended on him. Then the Lord said to Abram, "Know this for certain: your offspring will be resident aliens for four hundred years in a land that does not belong to them." And you will be enslaved and oppressed. However, I will judge the nation they serve. And afterwards, they will go out from my possessions. But you will go to your fathers in peace and be buried at a good old age. In the fourth generation, they will return here. And for the iniquity of the Amorites has not yet reached its full measure. When the sun had set and it was dark, a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch appeared and passed between the divided animals. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, I give this land to your offspring. Uh, From the brook of Egypt to the great river, the Euphrates River, the land of the Kenites, Kenizzites, Kadamonites, Hittites, Perizzites, uh, Rephium, and Amorites, and Canaanites, and the Gergesites, and the Jebusites. So we see this this, uh, formalization of this relationship that God has with Abram. Now, I just want to take a moment and look at this in two different parts as quickly as I can because um, there's, there's so much good uh, in this particular text. But I spent a lot of time with the first six verses last week, and I won't spend a ton of time there, but I just have to point out some great things, some good nuggets I want you to see in this relationship, especially as you look at this in the Hebrew and how the original uh, author wrote it and how it was originally heard in, in, in its own language. Uh, he says, after these events, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. He says, do not be afraid, Abram. And he says two things. He says, I am your shield. Your reward will be very great. Now, uh, different translations translate uh, this verse, verse 1, a little bit different. But here is the way to view it, especially when it says, I am your shield, And it says, your reward will be very great. It's the understanding whenever God told Abram, I'm going to be your shield. And it also meant, and I am your reward. It will be very great. I will be very great. But just whenever whenever God is talking to Abram about what is the great thing that will happen here in your life. Uh, it's not going to be just this great name and this great nation. It's, remember I talked last week about are you here for the presence, the gifts you can get, or are you here for his presence? What this intent, the intention of, of what he says here, I am your shield and you have my presence. I am here for you. Uh, I, 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 I am your reward. It will be very great. 
And, and whenever we think about struggles and we think about as we walk in our faith and we talk and we, and we think about the times that, that, that we get knocked off course sometimes, if you have a relationship with Christ, there is certainty in that relationship. That's the only way you get into it. And whenever you have that certainty, his presence is there no matter the circumstances, whether they're your fault or somebody else's fault. You have Christ. You have God in your life. Emmanuel, God with us. That's what it's all about. And that, that, that's a great picture. And, and so I, sometimes I, I want to just point out things and say, if you get nothing else, get this one thing here down. Uh, when we see there in verse 6, it says, because of, 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 of what he said, it says, Abram believed. And, and, when the, and that word believed meant there, it, it, was, it was a faith, but it was also certainty. Abram trusted God. And said, I'm not going to trust my circumstances any longer. I'm not going to trust the things that are in my control any longer. I'm going to trust you, God, for your promises. I'm going to trust that I have your presence. I'm going to trust that you have my back. You are in control now. And so that means that that's the gift we have with Christ. In, in, in this response to Abram, trusting God, he's trusting him with his past, he's trusting him with his presence, his, the, the present circumstance, and he's trusting him with his future, and, and there was that understanding that Abram had, and, and so it says that God basically assigned his righteousness to Abram, and that is key here, God assigned God's own righteousness to Abram, there's a transaction, a transfer, um, you know, as I was uh, studying, you know, I, I did a lot of studying this weekend in a hotel room down in San Antonio, and a, a, a thing came to my mind about basketball games. Every time, uh, you know, the opposing team would, would foul or you would foul, you would hear a bunch of kids say, you can't do that. You know, I don't know who, who, when that started. It's probably been around a long time. But, but I think about the times that we struggle and we fail in our relationships, but particularly with God. Oftentimes, the first thing we do is we beat ourselves up over it and think, man, I've got to do better. Man, I need to get myself up earlier in the morning to get to church. And I, I need, I need to, 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 to get another devotion. Um, I, I need to, you know, really, you know, make an, another stand. A preacher talked about giving. The plate went past me again today. I'll, I'll get on my cell phone and act like I'm giving on my cell phone. I just want you to know you can't do anything to improve your, your relationship with God or his presence outside of you just living in his presence and you trusting him. And, and that, that's the beauty of grace. There's nothing you can do to mess up that relationship. Now, if you don't have that relationship, yeah, you just, you're going to live in disappointment all of your life. But how do you respond in faith when you have his relationship? Whenever you do struggle and fail, you draw on all the resources God has provided for you in order to grow in your faith. But I, I, I just don't want people to wallow in shame when they struggle. Abram here is, 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 a, is, a, is a, at a crisis point. Um, and, and he asked God, how can I move forward in this promise? Because I see so many areas of my life that, 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 that don't line up with what you say you're going to do. And he asks God, and God tells him how he's going to do it. He formalizes it here. And, and we're fixing to go through that formalization and that, that actual cutting of the covenant is what it is called. 
But I, I, just, I just want to point out just a few quick things, okay? I mentioned that, that I was, you know, I'm a progressive in that sense in these relationships. And I want to progress in my relationship with God. I want to go deeper in relationship with him as I have with my wife. Uh, and, and, and I want to go deeper in my relationships with you in the life of my church so I can experience all the fullness. But there's a reason we have to move towards him. There's a reason that, that I mean, God's already in relationship. That, but before this ceremony happened, God was already in agreement with Abram. He had already told Abram to follow him. And Abram had responded and said yes, and he was following him. But there's a struggle and a weakness in Abram. That he comes back and says, but God, I don't understand. Oh, God, I don't understand. And God wants Abram to go closer with him. And so he, he responds to the, to the prayer and the request for the help. Um, you know, you move closer to God in your finances whenever you transfer your trust of your finances from yourself over to him. I, I made this point earlier, and, and I... I I'm not making this point in order to, to get our budget up. That's not what I'm doing here. Uh, but, but sometimes people have an unhealthy view of what it means to give to the church. And, I've, and I know because I've had conversations with folk. And they feel like that, you know, I know that I, I know, I, I know, preacher, I need to give. And if I, I know if I give, sometimes we see as we, we make an investment in the things of God, and we'll receive a dividend back, you know, so it'll, it'll be good. You know, we can, you know, and then we give. So if I don't have any money, you know, to pay my bills or to go do the things that I want to do, it might be because I'm not giving to God. I, I, I just want you to reprogram your thought here, okay? Whenever you trust God with more and you're generous, it's not that you're making an investment in him. I mean, God has already made that investment. That's why you have the money to begin with, okay? It's called stewardship. We have life. We, 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 we have resources because God's already given it to us. He owns it. Whether or not you think he does, it, it does it, it's, it's immaterial. It's his. If he's the great I am or the maker of all heaven and earth, it's his already. But we are generous and we give to God so he can give a dividend through us to the world. That's how that happens. We give so that we can be more generous. If we're stingy and we're holding back from God... Well, you know, you're, you're not going to be much of a blessing to other people. But if you realize that your life isn't about yourself, but it's about living for the king and being a blessing for him, then you're going to be generous with everything. So if you want to grow in your relationship and your finances, be generous is, is what you can do. If you want to move towards God um, in your time, um, you know, you, 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 you serve. You have to transfer, transfer your priorities for his priorities. My wife had a great one-liner that, that came back to me uh, from somebody else. Uh, in, uh, we had uh, the deacon's wives and the pastor's wives uh, meet with Donna Simpson a couple of weeks ago in preparation for calling new deacons. And uh, Donna had asked my wife to give a testimony, and I learned a few things. One thing I realized is that, you know, it's really hard to be a pastor's wife, especially whenever you have four young kids and your husband has an unhealthy uh, you know, work habits and isn't at home as much as he needs to be sometimes, uh, and you're left holding the bag. And she basically said, you know, I really didn't enjoy ministry as much as I thought I should until I came here to, to First Baptist. And we've been in ministry together for about 50, no, I don't know, about almost 20 years, almost as long as we've known one another. But she said, you know... Um, 
the only way you become a better servant is by serving, you know? I mean, just start serving. And it doesn't mean you have to do everything out there. But the only way you, you grow is, is just by transferring those priorities. And I don't know what that looks for you individually, but I think there's a lot of truth in that. How do you move closer to God um, in, in your character? If you're thinking, you know what, man, I, I, I know that I can put on a good face and the good clothes and shake hands and, 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 and look good at church on Sunday morning or I'm out in the community, but man, I know the inward struggle. My character is a wreck. You know, you've got to transfer your character for God's character. The only way you do that, I don't, there's no easy way to do that. You've got to spend time in God's word. If that doesn't happen, you don't get God's character. You're stuck with your crummy character. But God wants all of that to happen. He wants that transaction to take place. And so we see that progressive nature in Abram's life. And then here we get to this uh, formalization of, of, of what God is going to do. And, and for, for in verse 8 through 21, I'm going to kind of summarize it, go through some of the detail. Um, but, but the word that comes to my mind as I think about what does this ceremony mean? What does this cutting of the covenant mean for Abram? And what does it mean for us? There's one word that Jesus spoke from the cross. He said, to telestai. He says, it is finished. It is done. And whenever God does this ceremony in the way that he does it, he reminds Abram that he is the one that is fulfilling this covenant. He is the one that's leading this relationship. And I just want you to know, if you have a relationship with Christ, you are as righteous before God as you ever have need to be. There's nothing you can do to lose his righteousness. The only thing you can do is grow in your faith and follow him and be a blessing to other people. But let's look at the text um, here, here in a little bit more detail. You know, we see there in, in verse 2 and later on down there, um, you know, in verse 8, we basically see, um, you know, Abram saying, but God, how can this happen? Look at who I am. I don't have a child. How can I be this amazing blessing? And, and he says, God, how can I know? And so God responds and gives him um, confirmation. And it's okay to ask God. I don't understand how this is going to work. I don't understand how I can, you know, grow in my faith or spend time in your word. I don't understand how I can, you know, just, just fill in the blank for you. Ask him. Please show me. And he'll put resources and people in your life to help you and to show you. But he asks here, and so God shows and provides. Now, um, you know, we, we have two different things going on here in this particular ceremony. It's, they call it a covenant. It's the cutting of a covenant. You can see where the animals will talk about it in a little bit. But it's, there, there's a lot of ancient Near East history and how treaties were made in this time. And that's what God is doing. He's showing Abram. I'm going to show you formally we're in this together for a purpose. There's also two parts to this, to, to this covenant. It's a prophecy. Okay, it's a prophecy that has some near fulfillment, and then it also has uh, a much further out uh, fulfillment. That's how most prophecy often works. First, we see uh, the prophecy of what's going to happen and how Abram is literally going to possess this land soon, uh, over the next hundred, you know, few hundred years, and what all is going to, trans- to, 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 to take place and what, what the transaction is going to be like. Uh, but then also we see this long-term fulfillment coming, and we're a recipient of this. We're still, th- th- this prophecy, th- th- this covenant that's cut here to remind it of the promise is still playing itself out right now. This is kind of how you separate the men from the boys in your faith. 
Do you believe that you're a part of this promise? Do you believe that you're connected with Christ because of this and this plan of redemption from the beginning whenever sin entered the world? And I believe that I am. I have certainty in that. But, but let, let, let's just go into it in a little bit of detail for just a moment. So we see basically... He asks, and God tells him, okay, go get these animals. And as God is, is, is talking to him, we're going to see a little bit. There's a literal presence, and I, I have never heard God audibly talk to me, okay? I've met one person in my life that, that said they've heard that, and he used to go to church here, but I've never literally heard God talk to me. I have sensed him, though, in a very literal, real way. And he's spoken to me through his word, but I think here we see God communicating literally to Abram, and he tells him to gather these animals up, okay? Uh, the birds aren't cut. I, don't, I can't go into, I don't have time for all the detail, but basically lines up these animals, cut down the middle, sounds kind of gross, and lays them out. It's during the day, and what would happen is uh, you would have two different people. You could, you could have this covenant, this treaty between different people. In fact, there is a chance, we read earlier in, in, in Genesis that Abram had entered in to, a, to a, a treaty or an agreement with some other folks, okay? Uh, maybe they did this very thing. I don't know. But this is how it happens here. And you can go back and study ancient Near East history and see some of these things. So basically, you cut these animals in two, and then each of you would walk through the middle of these, an, these, 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 these carcasses that have been split, and you're in an agreement saying, I'm going to do this for you, and you're going to do this for me. We're going to protect each other. We're going to provide for each other. But the, the idea is, though, if one of us breaks this promise, we're going to end up like these animals, okay? It's bloody. It, it, it's, it's painful. It, it's going to cause the shedding of blood. It's going to mean war. It's not easy. And, and a covenant um, needs to be taken seriously here, this type of agreement. That's why in the book of Jeremiah, uh, it's, des- it's described in, you know, marriage is a covenant, okay? Just, just, you know, it says that God hates divorce, it's not that God hates people that are divorced, but he hates divorce because it gets painful. It's, it, 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 it's, it's violent. It's not, a, it's not the ideal thing here. So when we think about this relationship, though, that, I mean, it, there, there's ramifications here. And God is showing Abram, we're going to be in this type of relationship. So he lays the pieces out. But I'm sure Abram is wondering, how is this going to happen? He's in this relationship with God God has communicated to him in a literal, real way, but how is this ceremony going to take place? I'm sure there was kind of a, hmm, this is going to be cool. It's kind of like whenever I knew that uh, First Baptist Mason was going to probably call me, I looked at Zillow and I saw the, ha- the prices of the houses. Hmm, this is going to be, I didn't know you had a parsonage. I was like, I didn't know how we're going to, how we're going to be able to make this happen, you know, but God's going to make it happen. And so he's, he, 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 God tells him to do it. He lays, and by the way, when God says to do something, you don't hold back. You just go do it, no matter what, no matter what it takes, okay? But he lays it out, and he says he waits there. And he waits there, and it says that, that, that there's, you know, you know, birds of prey come down, and there's some, some, some imagery there, what that means, but we won't go into that just quite yet. But then it says that, that this, this, uh, this sleep comes upon him. And so it's basically, it's become night, and then the scripture says that all of a sudden in, his, in this sleep, he is seized by this terror. In fact, let me go back and read there in verse 12. It says, uh, as the sun was setting, a deep sleep came over Abram, and suddenly great terror and darkness descended on him. Now, he, he's experiencing this vision, but I think this is something literally that's happening here. 
uh, and I've thought about how to best describe uh, what, what is going on in this particular issue. Uh, but in, in a lot of commentators have a lot of things to say about what does it mean when he has this great terror. Um, but this is basically it. The literal presence of God showed up that night with Abram. And whenever God literally shows up, you know, everyone thinks, you know, my heart's going to be filled with, you know, s- you know, smiley faces and sunflowers. It's going to be this little warm, fuzzy feeling. I, I want you to know God is love, but um, God is also a God of justice. He is a God of great power. And sometimes we have too low of a view of God. When God shows up, it is an awesome, inspiring thing. I've got an account that I won't take the time to tell you whenever I, there's been a couple times in my life when I feel like the, the literal presence of God has been with me. And, and, it, and it's a very humbling thing. Well, something happens and God shows up. And then it says that in, in, in the middle of, the, of this, this, this terror and this sleep, basically you know, Abram witnesses the, 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 the this, this smoking furnace and a torch going in between the parts. What does that mean? Well, it's, it's very clear to the recipients of this letter that Moses was writing and recounting what happened here. It's talking about, you know, how God was going to lead Israel. I mean, the, the smoking oven is the, 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 the pillar of smoke that will lead the, 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 prom, the, the, uh, the children into the promised land or the pillar of fire by day, the smoke by, by, smoke by day, fire by night. There it is. But the point is, is that God literally led them into it. But Abram didn't walk through the covenant. Only God walked through the covenant. Normally, in this circumstance, both would walk through the covenant. I'm fixing to land the airplane. I know we're going a little bit long here, but just hold on because there's a really important point to make here. John's coming in for a landing, I can tell. Uh, This is really significant, though, guys, okay? Just make a couple of quick points. Number one. Um, there is nothing that Abram did in order to, um, you know, like there's nothing that, that Abram did to earn or to, to you know, to, to, to do something uh, righteous for God to God say, okay, we're going to do this covenant. God was already in this relationship. This, is, this covenant is being formalized here, okay? There's nothing that Abram could have done to make this happen other than his certain faith and commitment to God. God told him what he was going to do. He says, I've called you out. I'm going to have a relationship with you. And, 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 and he said, I will follow you. I will believe that. And I won't do it perfectly. And you're going to have to give me discipline. But I will follow you now. And so, but then he just calls out in his desperation. I don't see how this is going to happen. And God responds here. So he shows Abram, I am the one fulfilling this covenant. Now, here's the thing that happens with these covenants and these agreements. This is so significant, guys. Is that in this? It's the understanding that if we break this covenant, and, and, and sometimes these 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 treaties they they wouldn't just last for the life of this person. It had ramifications for everybody in the family, the entire clan, the entire nation. And if this person breaks it, there's going to have to be something to 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 to, to make amends. There's blood is going to have to be shed here. But see, um, we read in Jeremiah chapter 29 that. God talks about Israel breaking this covenant over and over and over, okay? Uh, And he promises a new one. The new covenant is what we're living in now. But here's the other really amazing thing is that God tells Abram here, going through that covenant ceremony by himself, you know, because if Abram would have gone through that, 
uh, and somebody would have broken the covenant, somebody was going to pay a price. And it was going to be a heavy price. Okay? Shedding of blood, you know, sacrifice, bad stuff. Um, but God went through that ceremony, and God's not going to break the covenant. There's no way it's going to happen. And, but he knew that if Abram went through the covenant, he was go- it was going to fail. It wasn't going to, it wasn't going to you know, be, be fulfilled. But, but Abram's still in that relationship, but God took on the responsibility of fulfilling all parts of this covenant. Because if Abram would have gone through that, and the first time somebody would have broken it, there would have been death. It would have been broken. It was going to have to be paid for. But God went through it. God's not going to fail. But you know what? God took on the responsibility of fulfilling the covenant for both himself and for Abram. Because somebody did break the covenant over and over and over. And ultimately, that covenant had to be satisfied. God will not leave any detail out. There had to be death. There had to be shedding of blood to fulfill this promise. Because, I mean, the covenant is, and he says you're going to be a blessing. Not You know, it talks about I'm going to make you great, your name great, blessing to others, curses those that curse you. But you're going to be a blessing to all the nations of the earth. And God fulfilled that covenant whenever he put his own son to death. It says in the book of Isaiah, it pleased him to crush his own son. Because God is going to fulfill his promises. And guys, that's why we stand here. That's why we have certainty. That's why I can grow in my faith because I have failed God over and over in my life. But he always brings me along. He always gives me grace. And he has always fulfilled his promises to me, even when I break my promises to him. And it is more than enough for me to be overcome by his power, to continue to follow him. And I want to just ask you today, are you growing progressively in that relationship? Is that transaction still happening? I mean, whenever I traded my life for Jesus' sacrifice, that was a once and for all thing that made me right with God. But he has still been working in me to trade me and my character and my sin for his own righteousness. And I want every one of us to be walking with Christ on this earth to be a blessing to others. So if you are not walking in that relationship, if you're not progressively growing in that relationship, know that God wants that for you. That's what church is all about. That's why we gather here. That's why we serve here. That's why we connect here for that purpose. But if you are not in that covenant, if you have not trusted Jesus Christ with certainty as your Savior, I want you to know there's going to be a a payment someday. And I want you to take the payment that God offers freely for you. It's a relationship with Christ. That's what salvation is. Somebody's going to pay God. Let him pay it for you. Father, I thank you. I thank you, Father, for, for formalizing, Lord, my fate. And the offer of heaven for me um, so long ago. Father, I'm grateful, Lord, that you have not been satisfied to let me be stagnant and still. And you come for me time and time again. And Father, I'm so grateful that, Lord, Lord, you gave us this picture in Genesis chapter 15 about how you are the one that fulfills the covenant. You are the one that satisfies, Lord, even our struggles. Father, I know that it did not 
Um, I know it was, a, it was a terrible thing, a fearful thing when Abram knew he was going to be entering into a relationship with Yahweh, with the, the great I Am. And whenever your presence showed up, it scared him. But Father, whenever you took the responsibility to fulfill the promise, even, even to fulfill the brokenness in Abram, Father, I know, Lord, you gave him courage. And Father, you gave him new life. And Father, whenever I trusted you and your son, the Lord Jesus Christ, as my Savior, Father, you did the same thing for me. If there's anyone here today, Father, that is not certain, has not believed in a way that they have no doubt in their mind that they are your child, Father, I pray this morning, Father, that they would look for that certainty, that they would believe. For those that are here, Father, and they have that certainty, but they want to continue to grow, they feel like they're hitting a rough patch and they, they want to be progressive in their relationship to, to move to a point of interdependence with you, interdependence with a faith family that will be healthy and reproduce and be a blessing to others. God, I pray, Father, that you would bring them along this morning. Lord, let us not be satisfied with anything less. Lord, than for you to be our shield and for our great reward to be your presence in our lives, not just in an hour and a half on Sunday morning but in every day of our lives as we walk on this earth. We thank you, King Jesus. We're going to have an invitation if God's called you somehow to respond. If you want to talk about what it means to believe, if you want to talk about needing help to continue in your faith and how to progressively go on that relationship, you respond. If it's just to pray where you stand or kneel at the altar, no matter what it is, you respond to whatever God is calling you to do this morning. Would you stand up? We'll have a hymn. We'll, we'll sing a song give you a chance to respond and then we'll be done.
Father God, we give you thanks, Lord, for your presence this morning, Father. Lord, for moving in the midst of our family, Father, as we, Lord, uh, Lord, face great things together, Father, as we face trials together, God. And I just pray, Father, Lord, you'd move us along as a church, Lord, but also move us along as individuals, Father. Lord, let us be a blessing to others, Father. And Father, if those of us, uh, Lord, if, if we're struggling, in our relationship. God, Lord, let us draw upon one another, Father. Lord, let us be, as a church body, Lord, the answers to people. Pray to you, Father, Lord, for us to love and to respond, to help others along. But God, if anyone's here today without that relationship, without that certainty, God, would you continue to call out to them, Father, to know you. We love you and pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Praise team, lead us out with a song and we'll be dismissed.